But this morning, uh, I wanted to just look at uh, these few verses that are very familiar to many of us in words that we have probably uh, gone to in times of our own lament and our own struggles. Um, over the last few days at officers' councils, the theme was on hope. And uh, I mean, my goodness, over the last year and a half, we need hope. I mean, that's the one thing that, uh, that, that we as believers have, not because we're better than anyone, but because we've experienced the hope that is in Christ that we can, we can carry on and we can continue forward in a world that's very uncertain. I don't know how many of you have ever watched the movie, uh, I guess it's considered older now, but the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, it's a great uh, little mu uh, movie that's about um, these men that uh, break out of prison. And it's basically based off of Homer's uh, Odyssey. And it's a funny little take on it. But the theme, there's a theme song, really, in the movie, and they even sing it, that says, I am a man of constant sorrow. I've seen trouble all my days. Those words are from that song and from that movie. Uh, but long before uh, Old Brother Where Art Thou was ever released, there's another man by the name of Jeremiah who said these words uh, in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. It's, he says, I am the man who has seen affliction because of the rod of his wrath. He has driven me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely against me he has turned his hand Repeatedly all the day, he has caused my flesh and my skin to waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and encompassed me with bitterness and hardship. In dark places, he has made me dwell like those who have long been dead. Now that's not uh, joyful news, is it? But many times in life, we do find ourselves in the place where we are both sorrowful yet hopeful. But here um, in the middle of the book, we find what you would call a diamond in the rough. Lamentations 3, 21 through 26, what uh, Mia read for us. And I will read it again. Um, Jeremiah says, Yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. When you read the first few verses of chapter 3, you do get a feeling of sadness, of sorrowfulness. Uh, and it really lasts th through the whole book. That's why it's called Lamentations. A, lam a lament is really a, a funeral song, okay? So we get the idea of this great heaviness of grief and despair as Jeremiah, and by the way, he's known as the weeping prophet, uh, who, who has watched the city of Jerusalem go to ruin, and, and the people of, of Israel be, be taken away into exile. And so he had a reason to write this. 
And so uh, he watched the captivity of his own people into Babylon. And as we look at these verses, we want to get a clear understanding, and we do get a clear understanding in his words, of someone who is in dire need of hope. Over the last 18, 19 months, when we look around, we see people who are in dire need of hope. The Bible tells us that if we are in need of hope, that God is the giver of hope. In Him we find hope. And we can say with Jeremiah, great is thy faithfulness. Now I'm not talking about a hope where you say, you know, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow. The Bible tells us that the hope that we have in Christ is certain. It is an anchor for the soul. Jeremiah, just in reading just the first few verses here, or just starting with the book of Lamentations, was discouraged. Many times in the Christian life, you and I will face discouragement. He was beyond discouraged. I would say he was probably depressed. Let me say, as I said to the Sunday school class this morning, you can be a Christian and be depressed. You can be a Christian and not be happy. All of the Jews during Jeremiah's time here seem to be beyond help. Maybe you have felt that way. Maybe you felt or feel like your life is falling apart. I think we've all felt like that at some time in our lives. Maybe there's a catastrophe that's taken place or sudden health crisis or sudden death, financial turmoil, pandemic. Whatever it is in your life, you feel that you are a person of constant sorrow. Verses 2 and 3 in chapter 3 of Lamentations reminds us and gives great description of uh, just these pictures of walking in darkness, turned his hand against me, broken my teeth with gravel. Uh, in verse 17 uh, and 18, I've been deprived of peace. I've, I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I mean, it sounds like a country song, doesn't it? You know, where everything's bad, everything's wrong. You know, they, they, the, the old joke, if you play a country song backwards, your wife comes back, your truck comes back, your dog comes back. You know, this is as bad as bad as it gets. So if you've ever been in that situation, or maybe you're there right now, you know how Jeremiah felt. But I believe that there are a few places in chapter 3 that we can turn to when we are in the midst of sorrow but yet hopeful that we can say when we find ourselves in these moments that first and foremost the Lord's mercies never cease second the Lord's compassions never fail and the Lord's faithfulness never diminishes we can live lives of hope even in the midst of sorrow because the Lord's mercies never cease. Psalm 136, after every verse, a phrase is written that says, His love endures forever. The word love here can actually be translated and is translated in some versions of Scripture, His mercy endures forever. God's mercy is forever. When we have failed, His mercies never cease. When we doubt Him, His mercies never cease. When we look around and see everything 
that is wrong in the world, his mercies never cease. I love the story of the mother that approached the, uh, the uh, Napoleon seeking a pardon for her son. The emperor replied that the young man had committed an offense twice and that justice demanded death. And the mother explains, I don't ask for justice, I plead for mercy. Napoleon said, but your son does not deserve mercy. Sir, the mother cried, it wouldn't be mercy if he deserved it. And mercy is all I ask for. Well, then the emperor said, I will have mercy. And he spared the woman's son. You know, we use the terms grace and mercy interchangeably, but there is a difference. And one of the easiest ways to understand that is grace is when God gives you what you don't deserve. Mercy is when he doesn't give you what you do deserve, right? God shows us every day that his mercy, his great love for us will never end. No matter what life throws at you and me, God's mercy is always there. His loving kindness is really what that word means. His loving kindness will never cease. What's the last verse of Psalm 23 says? Say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. In fact, I think Eugene Peterson says that basically uh, that goodness and mercy will chase after you. One songwriter wrote in our songbook, Though waves and storms go o'er my head, though strength and health and friends be gone, though joys be withered all and dead, though every comfort be withdrawn, on this my steadfast soul relies, Father, thy mercy never dies. We can have hope because God's mercies never cease. We can have hope in the midst of sorrowful times because the Lord's compassions never fail. What's compassion? Compassion is sympathetic love, concern for the helpless. It's, it's really... The Bible describes it as this gut-riching uh, emotion on the inside that makes us react. It's not just saying, oh, I feel bad for them. Compassion is, I feel bad, so I want to do something about it. Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through 42 says that a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, speaking of Jesus, and says, if you are willing, you can make me clean and filled with compassion. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, the leprosy left him, and he was cured. I want to remind you, and I know you all know this, Jesus didn't have to touch him. Jesus could have said, you're healed, and go on your way. But leprosy was one of those diseases, and really still is, that... Uh, you know, if you think, if you've got COVID, if you think quarantine is bad, if you had leprosy, you were in permanent quarantine. You were sent away. You were unclean forever. Jesus is saying in these verses, not just to the man with leprosy, but to each one of us, no matter how bad off we are, we're not beyond his touch. He didn't have to touch him. 
And I can only imagine, the Bible doesn't go into detail, but you can pretty much understand, I wonder how long it had been since someone touched him. You know, when babies are born, they say one of the first things that's important is touch. And um, if you've had children, you know that. The first thing they do, they put the baby on the mother's chest, and there's, this, there's already a connection, but there's even a more uh, healthy connection. You know, when, when Mia was a, was a baby, and in fact, uh, they, it was very awkward. They, we would go to these classes, and they would say, now you, you should talk to the, the baby while they're still in the womb. And I was like, okay. Uh, so we do that, you know, and, and I'm thinking, she doesn't know my voice from man in the moon. Well, then, you know, the day comes, she's born, and uh, they put her in the, uh, uh, the, the little uh, nursery area, and she's just constantly crying and crying and crying. And the nurse uh, walks over and she says, won't you walk over there and, and uh, you know, you can see her. So I put my hand on her. And I said, it's okay, Mia, daddy's here. And immediately, she stopped crying. And uh, the nurse said, she knows your voice. And that just blew me away. All right, I was, it was over with for me after that. But friends, there is no person, there is no person, not you, not me, not anyone in this world that is beyond the touch of Christ beyond his mercy. If Jesus had compassion, we need to have compassion. His compassion did not fail the man in Mark chapter 1. His compassion will not fail you as well. Friends, God cares about what you're dealing with even now. That same compassion that Jesus had on the man, he has for you. James chapter 5 verse 11 says, We consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. We can have hope even in the midst of sorrow because the Lord's compassions never fail. You remember Job. Well, you don't remember him, but you know about, you've read him. You've read the story. What the struggles that he went through. Any other person in the Bible knew of how Jeremiah felt, it was probably Job. He could have written his own book of Lamentations. Job knew that the Lord's mercies never cease. He knew that the Lord's compassions never fail. But I think if we could speak to Job today, he would say the most important thing is that the Lord's faithfulness never diminishes. And this is why we can have hope in the midst of our own sorrow. The Lord's faithfulness never diminishes. Now, we, if you read Job, it's a very interesting book. But in Job, uh, we find that he has three friends. They were friends, and they did him a, a very good service up until they began to speak. And uh, as sometimes we like to do, we like to explain to other people why they're going through adversity. If you would have just done this, if you would have just prayed more, 
Maybe you've got something wrong, and, and if you would deal with this, this would be... And finally, Job says in Job 16, 1 and 2, probably what we've all said at some point through someone or thought of it. Job replied, I have heard many things like these. Miserable comforters are you all. Now, Job never got an answer why things were happening to him. God never said, sit down, Job, and I'll explain, even if he did. Would we understand? No. But he had hope. In fact, Job chapter 13, verse 15 says, and these are Job's words, Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. The message says it this way, because even if he killed me, I'd keep on hoping. I'd defend my innocence to the very end. Maybe you feel like you're being slayed right now. Maybe you feel like you want to just look at God in the face and say, what's going on? Why am I dealing with this? When, when will the dark clouds go away and the sun begin to shine? And yet Job tells us, though he slay me, though the worst could ever happen, though, though he killed me, I would not lose my hope in him. God stayed faithful to Job. He never left Job. He'll never leave you. He'll stay faithful to you. Even in the times when we fail him, Paul said, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. What's that mean? It means he can't lie. He couldn't lie if he wanted to, not that he'd ever want to. But no matter what life brings our way, you and I do not have to lose hope. It is a tragic thing to see things like suicide on the rise and depression, and all the things that just seem to drive people to the point of hopelessness. But God is saying to each one of us today, you can have hope amidst coronavirus, cancer, hopeless situations, uh, unemployment, you, you name it, whatever it is, God is saying, I am bigger than all of these things. God is faithful. God will remain faithful. What Jeremiah said in Lamentations, we can say today, yes, great is thy faithfulness. And let me give you this last little uh, secret. How do we do that? How do we remain uh, hopeful? Well, if you go to uh, verse 21, this is the secret. Jeremiah says, this I recall to mind. Friends, let me give you a little bit of advice. When you're going through a tough time, when you're going through a sorrowful time, it is tempting to forget what the Lord has done for you in the past. Jeremiah is saying, when I feel like, I mean, he has, you know, uh, when I feel like literally I have bit the dust, when my teeth have been shattered, my bones feel like they're broken. What did he say? 
He says, this I will recall to mind. Therefore, I have hope that the Lord's loving kindness never ceases. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And what does he say? He says, I will say this to myself. There are times when you have to be your own cheerleader. I know that's not easy to hear. I know we want to think that somehow that the pastor or the Sunday school teacher or the, 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 the preacher we watch on TV, that they should be at our beck and call. But the truth is there are times when we have to remind ourselves, when we have to dig way, way deep and say, you know what? I am going to have hope. I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I don't think if people are going to tell me I'm insane and I shouldn't be hopeful, I'm going to recall to mind the times that God took care of me. And if he did it then, he can surely do it now. Why? Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Friends, when you and I go through sorrowful times, and believe me, sorrowful times are real. I'm not, I am not in any way uh, watering down bad situations and tough situations. We all go through them. But friends, when that happens, don't fall into the temptation to believe that God has lost, left you. Jesus on the cross said something <coughs> excuse me, that you and I will never have to say. He said... My God, why have you forsaken me? He said that so that you and I would never have to. We can say, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's mercies never cease, his compassions never fail, his faithfulness never diminishes. Whatever you're going through this morning or this season of life, I want you to know, first and foremost, you're not alone. God sees, God is there, and He will not just He doesn't just see it, He will see us through it. As the piano plays, I would just invite you to come to this altar to pray, or maybe you know someone that's going through a tough time. But friends, don't lose hope. The Bible tells us that that. Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's hope. That's the hope that we have. So as the piano plays, if the Spirit is telling you to pray or to give something over to Him, maybe it's a situation that you're going through. Maybe no one else knows. No one else needs to know. The Lord knows. Take this time and, and give it over to the Lord.